Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now Podcast channel. Joining us once again for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. Shane, thank you for dropping by, spending some time with our listeners and their clients. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, Shane, since we last spoke about a week ago, the geopolitical landscape has shifted dramatically. I'm referencing the devastating attacks on Israel this past weekend that have shook the world and resulted in an immense response to those responsible. Uh, Remains a very fluid situation, a lot of moving parts, though, to set the stage a bit. What do we know, Shane, in terms of how this transpired and what has the response consisted of thus far, as well as what might be coming down the pike? What can we expect in the way of a response? Yeah, intelligence is still, you know, being gathered. But I think, you know, what is known so far is that this this attack on Israel was planned for several months, probably uh, as much as two years. I think, you know, one difficulty here for Israel was that, you know, Hamas terrorists continually train. So, you know, to some extent, you know, seeing them train and, and, uh, recognize that is not out of the ordinary, but I think may, there probably were some intelligence failures along the way that led them to not identifying, you know, the the scope of what was being done here. You know, they probably saw training as usual, but you know, missed that this was training for something that hadn't not seen before. You know, and you know, the, the largest attack Hamas has ever taken on into Israel. So, you know. Uh, there'll be plenty of time for a Monday morning quarterbacking here. But to your, you know, second question, you know, the response by Israel Israel has been uh, strong. They have uh, commenced uh, continuous bombing on the Gaza Strip. They're trying to now um, alert uh, Palestinians that they should uh, evacuate and move to the southern portion of the Gaza Strip, you know, uh, before they continue bombing and, you know, possibly move in with ground forces. You know, I think that's a concentrated area where uh, a lot of Hamas operations ran out of and training facilities were. And so I think they're going to uh, go ahead and plan to eliminate Hamas and those training facilities. Um, You know, there are some interesting aspects, you know, about how uh, international uh, organizations partake, but, uh, you know, Israel is moving ahead. So, Shane, what would you cite as being the geopolitical implications, not only within the region, but around the world as well, and curious as to the role that the U.S. will be playing here in response to the attacks, mindful as well that simultaneously the U.S. is supporting the ongoing war efforts in Ukraine? Yeah, no, uh, there is plenty going on here in the geopolitical space. I mean, from the simple protests from around the world uh, where you have protesters on both sides uh, uh, support some supporting Israel and some supporting Palestinians and Hamas. So, you know, uh, take France, for example, they have a large Muslim population that I believe uh, Islam is now the largest religion in France. So, you know, uh, internally, it's causing strife for many countries around the world. Um, but the U.S. government has remained strong in support of Israel and has sent uh, an aircraft carrier group into the Mediterranean Sea to try and actually, you know, calm uh, some nations from 
intervening and getting involved. And you're seeing a lot of countries like Jordan and Egypt purposely sit on the sidelines. You know, Egypt is actually keeping their border closed with the Gaza Strip and at this time not letting any refugees come into Egypt. Uh, Jordan, you know, they are as well, uh, you know, uh, having a strong border to let any Palestinians from the West Bank. And so, you know, you're seeing right now um, many countries in the Middle East um, uh, try and not to get involved, but this as is a tinderbox. And, you know, with Iran pushing Hamas and Hezbollah, it could absolutely become a, a wider conflict. Uh, but right now, I think uh, the U.S. and others are doing a good job of trying to keep it more regional of Israel versus Hamas. Well, Shane, thank you for keeping us up to speed on what's been taking place within the region, within Israel. This is a story we'll, of course, continue to monitor in the weeks to come. I do want to pivot a bit, come back home to Congress up on Capitol Hill. A lot happening this week as the House of Representatives works to elect a new House Speaker, I know we've heard about some developments about this in the past 24 hours. So where do we stand as of today? Yes. So, you know, as you alluded to the past 24 hours, you know, um, uh, the other day, Republicans in an internal meeting elected um, Majority Leader uh, Steve Scalise from Louisiana as the Speaker designee. Uh, but he had a significant number of uh, Republicans who would not support him on the floor. And it became evident very quickly that, you know, there was no real uh, path forward for him to get their support on the floor. So he's already withdrawn. And Republicans, you know, on Friday morning, this morning, are meeting to uh, try and figure out a path ahead. And the reality is, is they're so fractured at this moment. You know, I, I don't expect them to walk out of this meeting with you know, a path ahead. I think they're going to be talking about internally, you know, how do we, how do we rise above? I think Jim Jordan, who uh, came in second to Steve Scalise in that internal race, will try and rise up. But I think just as Steve Scalise was unable to get um, everyone in the conference to support him, Jim Jordan, I think, will face the same uh, fate. You know, maybe he's able to sway um, uh, a few dozen Republicans who are likely to hold out. But I, I have a I, I have a suspicion that won't uh, he won't be able to do that. So I think you're looking at a scenario where uh, this goes on uh, several more days, possibly a few more weeks. And, you know, Republicans, I think, you know, eventually may figure their way out. But it's going to be a rocky few days at the very least for them. So with that in mind, Shane, one has to wonder the political implications of these events up on the House, how this is all playing out and How might this all impact the ability for Congress to avert a government shutdown comes November? What's your take there? Yeah, no, there are a lot of conversations uh, going on about, you know, uh, the impact, you know, not only for government shutdown, but for for, um, support for Israel and a number of other issues, obviously. And I think Republicans are trying to uh, see if they can, you know, uh, uh, resolve the speakership issue quickly, but you're right. As this drags on, a lot of people are trying to figure out what can be done. And I think, you know, you've actually started to hear some quiet rumblings about that. And you're seeing some some Republican members talk about um, changing the House rules to give the Speaker Pro Tem, who is Congressman Patrick McHenry, limited authority to pass bills out of the House and operate the House um, just so they can 
you know, try and address some of those timely issues. Um, this uh, idea is newer and hasn't been socialized with a large group yet. I think they're still just kind of, um, like I said, focusing on kind of maybe the task at hand. I think we'll start to hear more about this, you know, maybe next week if there is no resolution. And, you know, if this kind of pathway is not adopted, you know, um, it could have severe implications for uh, government shutdown and make government shutdown more likely. And also for supporting Israel, you know, it could delay um, shipping of armaments or humanitarian aid uh, to the Middle East. So um, this is an issue that we are absolutely watching because uh, it could have a real world impact in in just a, a few days, if, if not a week. Yeah, clearly a lot at stake here. So we'll be sure to follow this very closely and keep our listeners informed along the way though Shane as always do want to thank you for dropping by the podcast uh, this week to keep our listeners up to speed on a range of developments from here at home and around the world as well as always plenty will follow up on so thank you again for your time today Shane and looking forward to picking back with our conversation again soon absolutely Dan thanks for having me on take care and have a great weekend You as well. Thank you, Shane. Again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. Before we close out, I do want to remind our listeners, our clients, that you can locate the latest Washington Weekly publication available up on UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 